Hello, 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 hello. From the beautiful Cascade Lakes in Boynton Beach, Florida, I give you Jen Gotch, the host of Jen Gotch is Okay Sometimes, and I'm here to report to you that I have completely overcome my travel anxiety. Just kidding. LOL. Not really, but totally. Hi, hi. It's Jen. Jen Gotch. You know me, the host of this podcast. So remember my episode on travel anxiety? Yeah, I do too. Well, I've been working really hard to try to overcome my own travel anxiety, and I am making huge strides that I wanted to share with you. In this episode, I'll recap the origins of my anxiety, some examples of how it rears its ugly head, and finally, how I managed to succeed in dealing with it almost flawlessly on a recent trip. Oh, and I'll answer some of your anxiety questions too. This is exciting. Let's dive in. So I set a goal to take a trip without any travel anxiety, without using any medication, and I did that, and I wanted to tell you about it because I think it will help you. But I also want to tell you that I think my dad just got home. How has he not come in to see what I'm up to? He must be curious. Maybe he hasn't come in the house yet. Sometimes he has to get his car just perfect before he comes in. <laughs> he just texted me to get off the fucking phone. He thinks I'm on the phone. He thinks I talk on the phone all the time. It's like I'm a teenager. I'm not on the phone. Who's in here with him? No one's in here with me. I'm in here with my audience. No, sorry. Do you want to come say hi? You ready? Yeah, no. Come. You got to come right up to the mic. Hold. Here we go. Where's the camera? No camera. Oh, hi. What? That's it. <laughs> okay. That's it. Okay, well, sometimes he gets a little shy. I'm sure we can get more from him later. Anyways, so I've been battling know this, but I'm just going to give you a recap because I did a travel anxiety episode. This is the follow-up. I'm bookending it. The first one was like, this is what happens to me. I'm trying to fix this. It happens to you too, doesn't it? Because anytime I talk about travel anxiety, the amount of engagement I get on Instagram makes me think, I am not alone. You are not alone. So let's talk about it. So, So that first one was more about me battling it and sort of what happens to me and what I'm trying to do. This is something that in some way, shape, or form I've been fighting since I was a teenager. I had my first anxiety attack at an airport, could not even get on the plane. That was an immense fear of flying. Like I definitely spent at least 10 years, if not longer, on planes thinking that I was going to die, like crying. Like, totally crying. I don't know why I just said it like that. Anyways, and then one time I ran into a friend at the Chicago O'Hare airport um, in between flights, and she was like, are you okay? And I was like kind of having an anxiety attack about getting on the plane, and then she was like, you know it's more dangerous to drive in L.A. than it is to get on a plane. And I was like, hmm. 
never thought about it like that. And I, I definitely don't get anxiety getting in my car every day. Although now at the, I'm at the point in my life where, where my anxieties and my thoughts sometimes get so out of control that I do think I'm going to die a hundred times, but that's a, that's a whole other episode. But in that moment, I was like, oh, that does make sense. Maybe I don't have to be anxious about this anymore. And I was cured. And then very shortly after that, I came up with this new anxiety attached to travel, which has way more to do with just the logistics of travel. I, The more I think about it, I feel like this was brought on by LAX. Shout out to LAX, who will now officially never be a sponsor of this podcast because I'm blaming it for all of my travel anxiety. But if you've ever flown in or out of LAX, you know what I'm talking about. It's just there's an intense energy about that place. I travel a lot. Um, I like to come home to Florida to see my family. I travel for work. I even take a vacation every now and then. And, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been working to kind of like excavate some issues and deal with them and excavate and eradicate. Travel anxiety has come up many times. And so since I had my last really bad, really bad travel anxiety episode, which was actually an attempt for me to not have travel anxiety that completely fucking backfired. I was like, I'm going to do it again. So I'm going to set a goal for this next trip that I just took. Uh, it'll, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be a, it will have been a few weeks ago. And the goal was to get on the plane without having any anxiety, without using any medication. Spoiler alert, I fucking did it. And like I said, I like with lots of other things, I shared the experience on Instagram and got so much great feedback that I figured, let me just go through it here. So that's a what I'm going to do. That's a what I'm going to do. Okay, first, I made a short list of the things that I worry about, most of which, like I said, have some logistical element to them. But the more I like look at my anxieties... Um, and I'll and I'll talk about this a little bit more in a few minutes, but I realize that they sort of branch out. It's almost like a root system where like you have the the original anxiety might be like, will I get to the plane on time? And then it's like then it branches out to like, will I get in the right seat? Will they change the gate? And then it branches out to like, will my house burn down when I'm gone? Has someone put an illegal substance in my bag? <laughs> Like, it goes from, like, semi-legit to, like, I don't even know this fantasy, this anxiety fantasy that my brain is creating. And just something to note, because I, I bet if you looked at yours, you would see some of that, too. It's just, like, an interesting thing to see what your brain does. Okay. In no particular order. Packing. Did I leave enough time to pack? Did I pack the right things? And is my suitcase going to be too heavy? Let me say one thing about the weight of the suitcase. Apparently, because I because this was something I talked about, a lot of people messaged me. They have there are handheld luggage scales. You just search that on Amazon. So many will come up that you, that you can easily just like have in your house or even take on your trip with you, and you can weigh your suitcase before you get to the airport and know what it weighs. Forgetting something important. I'm talking passports. I'm talking driver's license. I'm talking favorite pair of earrings. Who knows what it is, but it feels like it's important, and it feels like I forgot it. Timing of my ride to the airport. 
I mean, now with Uber, before it was with cabs, which honestly was a little bit scary because you couldn't see the little cab on your phone and, and kind of get an idea where it was. But did I did I request the Uber on time or too early is also very when 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 they're there and you're like, wait, I'm not ready. And then what if what if the Uber gets canceled? What if they're three minutes away and then the ride just gets canceled? And then you have to start over and then it's a busy morning and then you can't get one for another 10 minutes. And the next thing you know, you're 20 minutes behind schedule and every minute is precious when you're going to the airport because obviously every minute is precious when you're going to the airport. You get in the Uber, it's great. But what is all this traffic? I didn't expect this. Someone's changing their tire on the side of the 110 freeway and it's created a 35-minute backup, which is actually what happens in L.A., Oh, a lot of anxiety around the boarding pass. Do I have a printed boarding pass? Do I have two printed boarding pass in case I lose one of the printed boarding pass? Do I also have the boarding pass digitally in an email on my phone? Do I have the website linked to the boarding pass online? Yes, I have all of those things. Five or six proof of boarding passes and it's still not enough. I will still go there and print another boarding pass. This may be illegal, what I do. I don't know. But... The idea of just having it on your phone and then handing it to someone and then like the screen quits or it's too dark was too much for me. These I overcame a lot of these things. Just the general size of the line at check-in, like that moment where you get dropped off and then you go in and then the line is so long and you're trying to calculate, okay, three minutes per person. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to miss my plane when I'm online. Do I have my ID? Even though I've checked for it 45 times and I know I have it, I still, that gives me anxiety. And then still thinking about the weight of my back. Uh, then we move into pet pets dying while I'm away and house burning down while I'm away. Um, then we're back to now I'm going through security. What's that line like? What if I've forgotten to, to take a piece of metal out of my pocket? Uh, what about if I forgot to take a water bottle out of my bag that's going to go through the security? You know, all things that it would be devastating if they actually happened, i.e. not devastating at all. But it feels if you have anxiety, especially travel anxiety, the weight of each one of these is so sorry if this is triggering because it's just like it's so much and then reading it now it's like oh my god there's a solve for each one of these but your your brain plays tricks on you and is like no this will this this will be devastating what am i going to be at the right terminal did they change the terminal why do i have to check in check in at terminal two and then walk to terminal three how much time is that going to take what about my gate Will they, will they change the gate? Will I hear them change the gate? Will I be sitting too far away from the gate to hear them change the gate? And then they've boarded the plane and I never heard it because they changed the gate and I'm at the original gate. What's my seat assignment? I'm checking my ticket. I've checked my ticket 45 times, but I still might forget my seat assignment. And then what if I get in the wrong seat? What will happen then? Or what if I get in the right seat, but someone else has also been assigned my seat? What will happen then? Oh, wait. One time I actually got on the wrong plane because they changed the gate. I didn't know it. They scanned my boarding pass and let me in. I was sitting on the plane playing a video game with this kid, and someone came up and was like, I think you're in my seat. And I was like, that's so weird. This is my seat. And they're like, are you going to Minneapolis? And I was like, no, I'm going to California. They're like, this plane's going to Minneapolis. I was like, how does that happen? 
Also, pretty much everything on this list has happened to me, even the pet dying. Uh, my house did not burn down, but everything else has happened, and I have strangely survived all of it, and yet still feel like I'm going to die because of these things when I, when I get going. So I know there are a lot of us that share some or all of these anxieties. I'm going to tell you what I did to make this a success. I will tell you this first. The ride was smooth. The Uber didn't cancel. I got there early. I never printed a boarding pass. I just championed the effort of just digital boarding pass. Totally fine. My luggage was just underweight. TSA pre-check was easy. I actually had to go through the metal detector three times. It's a long story, but we got it sorted. That was fine. Got to my gate. Literally everything was fine. I even stood in line at Starbucks for like 25 minutes because I got to the gate like an hour and 45 minutes early, which is totally perfect with me. And then I'll tell you something really interesting happened. Then I promise I'm going to tell you everything that I did so you can implement it for yourself. So I was in line at Starbucks. I was totally chill. I could see my gate from the line. I knew I had plenty of time and I was hungry. And I was like, I'm going to get a reduced fat turkey bacon sandwich and a small ice cream tea. Not small, tall ice cream tea which is actually a small ice cream tea. Got it. Totally fine. There were like some little anxieties that wanted to come up while I was online. Like, are they going to run out of, I really want that sandwich. Are they going to run out of the sandwich? It seems like maybe they've run out of the sandwich. What will I eat if not the sandwich? Because I don't want to eat anything else. There was that sort of narrative running, but I kind of was just like, it's going to be fine. Whatever it is, it'll be fine. And then I went over to the gate, sussed out the situation, totally fine. So I was like, maybe I'll just take a little walk. And as I was taking the walk and kind of recognizing the fact that I had reduced all of that anxiety and was so close to my goal, which is like being in my seat, the correct seat, with my overhead bag, if I am so daring as to bring an overhead bag, which I did on this trip, safely tucked away, everything put away, my phone's out, like everything's ready for ready for takeoff. That's when I'm feeling great, which I also can identify as when people start to really feel like shit, but that's when I'm feeling great. So I was so close to that, relaxed. And then my brain started doing this thing where it was like, we've got new things for you to worry about. Why don't you worry about the plane? Why don't you worry about there being a terrorist attack in the airport? Why don't you worry about a bomb on your plane? Why don't you worry about the plane crashing why don't you worry about you being ejected out of the plane from the door or from the bathroom? Like, why don't you just start worrying about all that stuff? Which was so interesting to me. And I think because I've worked to try and pay attention to what my mind is telling me and know that a lot of that is fiction. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going to try and do that to me now. I just beat this whole thing. And now you want me to worry about something else. And from what I understand about the mind, you know, it's a mechanism that really established itself in the human brain in prehistoric days when you actually had to fear for your life all of the time. And so it operated 24-7 just keeping you out of danger. Well, so it's like an old machine 
that now we we're not in that kind of danger. I mean, sure, there there's dangerous stuff, and thank God that your mind's like, hey, watch out, car, or whatever, or like, hey, this doesn't feel safe. Like what, maybe when someone's approaching you, that seems dangerous. Like, but the thing is, is it has to keep busy. And if you're and if you're the type of person that listens to your mind as much as I do, which I think there are a lot of us that really hear that voice. I've I've noticed now that like a lot of people that don't have that much anxiety don't really hear the voice. Um, which must be cool for them, but they might also run a higher risk of getting hit by a car. But for me, I have a very close relationship with that voice. And, and now that I've have a little bit of a different perspective on it, I'm like, Oh my God, you don't always tell the truth. And then you have to stay busy. So you create work for yourself. And like, I don't want to go there with you. I just don't want to go there with you. And so that's more of just a side note. I don't know what to tell you about that other than Man, if you start paying attention to what's going on up there, it's like, I don't know. It just sort of changes everything. I, I think that's a big, that was a big change for me. The farmer's dog. Guess who the farmer's dog? That's right. We know about the farmer's dog, don't we? We do. What is the farmer's dog? You know what it is because they're like one of my best friends and obviously in love with me because they keep coming back for more. Maybe you're ordering the farmer's dog like I'm ordering the farmer's dog. Maybe your dog loves you more than they loved you before because you're feeding them the farmer's dog. I know that Philip has been trying to put his tongue in my mouth a lot more than he used to when I was feeding him the food that I was hand cooking. How is this better? Well, it's better because it's basically the same thing. It's just somebody else is cooking it for me now and delivering it to my house on dry ice. And then I put it into the freezer and then I defrost them one at a time. And then I cut open the bag and I squeeze one quarter of a bag out for each serving. And Phil sits there waiting for me. And big gobs of drool come from the sides of his mouth onto the kitchen floor, and they make a mark. And Phil's not one of those dogs that drools a lot, but he does drool when I feed him this food. So if that's not reason enough, if I haven't sold you on this, then how will I ever sell you? If you love your dog, you should start feeding your dog better today. Try a week free at thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. Plus you get free shipping. Get your first week free at thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. Thefarmersdog.com slash JGOK. Your dog will love you. I promise. So let me... I want to read you a bunch of stuff from my Instagram. Let me set this in my <laughs> my recording studio today is the pull-out couch in my parents' den um, with my laptop being balanced on my lap and I'm holding, physically holding the microphone this whole time because a wise man once told me, you got to get your mouth real close to that thing. That's what she said. No, but so there was no, at home I have a setup where I can sit at this little bench and just bring my face to the mic without having to hold it. I did not have that luxury here. 
So pardon me while I get the logistics together because I want to share with you all the things I did that I think helped me overcome this so that you can implement it and use it. Okay. First, I set an intention. Intentions are so important and really taking the time to to set that and have a touch point for yourself can be very impactful. So my intention was I will manage my travel anxiety on my upcoming trip. I didn't even really say, I mean, I know I had, I had set this goal, like I don't want to have any travel anxiety, but the, the in, what I said to myself that morning was like, I'm going to manage this. I'm not going to let it get out of control. Having intentions before any action has helped me personally and professionally. Now, listen, I still forget to do it all the time. I'm not perfect. You know that. But I'm a very good dancer. You also know that. And I'm a pretty good singer. At least most people think so. Okay. Two, set myself up for physical and emotional success by avoiding my common triggers. So I had a relaxing weekend before my trip. I avoided alcohol. All right. I had one beer on Saturday, but that's not that much. Didn't actively engage in thoughts or conversations that make me anxious. So having nothing to do, I mean, I definitely didn't engage in anything that has to do with travel, but I also just avoided anything that would give me anxiety in the days leading up because my travel anxiety usually starts like 24 hours before my trip. But I just tried to keep, set myself up for physical success by like, not bringing myself to those places because I still really feel like it's a trained response in our body. And like, if you get yourself in a lot of anxiety, it just, you're that much closer to it all the time. Um, okay. And I already said this, but since we're in the sec, the help section, I'll repeat it. Um, plan to leave really, 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 really early for my flight. Um, because for me, I'm totally cool to, to sit at the gate, but not cool to be panicking like at the ticket counter. And this helped a lot. I, I'm usually early, but I gave myself probably an extra hour and I would do it that way again every time moving forward. Okay. Big one here. Focused on my breathing from the moment I woke up, especially when I could feel the symptoms of my anxiety creep in. So for me, and this is the best way I think to do it. And most like people that focus on breath talk about Breathe in through your nose for four counts, which feels like a long time. I think my lungs are small, but so are my ear holes <laughs> and my nostrils. Um, okay, breathe in for four counts through your nose. Hold for four counts. Breathe out through your mouth for four counts. Focus solely on your breath. You will need to focus solely on your breath if you're counting four, 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 four. That helps. I mean, Breathing alone, focusing on breathing alone will change your life. I promise. Man, it has gotten me out of a lot of shitty shit shit lately. Okay, next. I remained mindful of my anxious thoughts and recognized that I don't have to apply emotion to each one. I put some distance between the thought and the reaction to get perspective, but still acknowledged them, like patiently listening to annoying friend, like you get that? I think you do. We've talked about this before, but it's like a um, half a second of distance between your thought and your reaction is great. If you can get a couple seconds in there and just like quietly, literally you can start to listen to your mind like it is another person and be like, okay, I hear that. 
do I want or need to react to that? Or is that just a thought that can pass through me like wind? And then I could save myself half an hour of not being able to breathe. It actually pays off. So I said, this is what I said to my brain friend when it started to fuck with me. Hi, friend. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, fuck you. But now I'm trying to take this approach. It's like, we're friends. I know you're trying to save me. Let's just be cool. And I literally just pretend as a friend. Hi, friend. Thank you for trying to keep me alive with your continued worrying, but I am not in danger and I'm okay without your help right now. That sounds so silly, but try it and then tell me how silly you think it is when you feel great. Also, I checked in with myself every couple of minutes and consciously recognized that I was accomplishing what I set out to do. And then the times where I was like, well, this is a little where I was feeling a little tingly. It was like, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to go through with this anxiety attack. Like it's okay. Let's just focus on breathing in for hold for out for, and then we'll check in again. And I literally was just like, really just trying to focus on how I was feeling. And then each time I had a little win, like not, not having to print out a boarding pass or going through TSA quickly or having 30 minutes without an anxiety attack. I just congratulated myself quietly. I didn't like scream it. Although that'd be funny. Maybe I'll do that next time. Yeah. So those are all the things I did. It's a lot. So let's take some questions from the audience. No, I, I actually was like, I wrote all those things on my Instagram stories. And then I was like, what did I forget? Cause I'm sure I forgot stuff. And then people, a lot of people asked some great questions. So I'll follow up with that because they might be questions that you had too. One person asked, do you have to avoid caffeine? Because they noticed that I had mentioned the Starbucks stop. In general, I avoid espresso drinks. Espresso. Did I say espresso? Ugh, I hope I didn't. <laughs> I avoid espresso drinks when traveling, but also most of the time. Like every once in a while, I'll get an almond milk latte, but... I find, especially from a really good coffee place, that an espresso can fuck my shit up. It's just much stronger. Um, I did have an ice cream tea at Starbucks, which is fine. I also had my normal Bulletproof coffee in the morning, but the whole thing with Bulletproof is that the way you make the ingredients of the coffee help the caffeine to become like a time-released caffeine into your brain and body, which has helped me a lot. And I've been doing that for almost a year and I know it doesn't give me anxiety. So I felt like it was fine. Plus it gives, it gives me more clarity in my brain, but I would, if, if things were different for me, absolutely avoid caffeine. Um, that just goes back to like avoiding any physical or emotional triggers. Is it better when you travel in company? Sometimes it depends on the company. Andrew, my ex-husband had some travel anxiety too. And so sometimes it was like, we were both kind of like very agitated and triggered by each other. I mean, we still had a lot of fun when we traveled, but it's like you could feel the energy was not sort of helping each other. Sometimes when I'm traveling with a person, I have a couple of friends that like have a lot of fear of flying. Sometimes I can help them. Like I, instead of feeding off their anxiety, I, mine gets suppressed so that I can help them. And then obviously, like if I can travel with someone who's so confident and has no anxiety, but is also sympathetic to mine, that's great. But most of the time, honestly, I'm traveling alone. So that's why I had to work this out for myself. 
How did you learn to reset your brain slash thinking? How much practicing does it take to reset? Well, I did a lot of reading. I featured a lot of those books in the books, 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 books by Jen podcast, the books I love, volume one, whatever it was called. I did EMDR. I didn't do a lot of it. Um, I did three or four visits that I found to be very helpful because that's actually where I learned about mindfulness, which is probably the biggest thing I learned that helped me reset my brain and thinking. Also having a very strong desire to heal and change after feeling like I hit rock bottom. Um, So I was highly motivated. Talking about it has helped a lot, whether I'm talking into a microphone or talking to someone in person or talking someone through their own issues has really helped me kind of learn and grow. And it takes a long time. The change didn't happen overnight. But but I think for me, as long as I see progress, I'm cool with it. I do get impatient. I, I want things to happen faster than they do. I will say this takes a long time, but you should be able to see progress along the way like I did. Like every trip I took after my really bad travel anxiety trip was was incrementally better. Um, So it wasn't like I had this awful trip and then I was like, the next trip I'm going to take, I'm going to be awesome. It was like there were several trips in between that were pretty good. And that's it. So in conclusion, (laughs) I'll probably let Studio Jen that has a great mic and has the help from Lauren, my amazing producer, wrap this whole thing up. But, But mostly... I don't know what to say. I think I said it all. I just wanted to share it with you because it seemed important and impactful and and we travel all the time. And honestly, we deal with anxiety all the time. And I think there's a lot in here that you could extract and apply to some other major trigger in your life, major anxiety-inducing activity that you do. Um, and, And that part about your connection to your thoughts and applying emotion to every thought and deciding that you don't have to is probably the biggest takeaway. But maybe I'm going to say that in a more articulate way in a second. Okay, I got to go to Cracker Barrel with my dad or he'll be devastated. I get the sunrise sampler and I don't do the cinnamon apples. I do two servings of the hash brown casserole in case you're keeping track. Bye. So there you have it. With time, hard work, introspection, and mindfulness, your anxieties can be conquered or at least diminished. I hope you can use this insight to tackle your own anxieties. Happy traveling. Bye. What do you know about the after show? It's the JGOK after show. You don't know about the after show, but it's the show after the show after the show that I'm feeling... Um, wait, recording in Mexico. (laughs) Wow. I had that right in my head. Like I practiced it in my head a couple times before I started singing and it, it flowed perfectly. Sometimes it ends up coming out perfectly when it's perfect in my head and sometimes it just doesn't. But we know perfection doesn't exist anyways, so it's totally fine. I've been in Mexico for almost a week. I've had some of the worst depression I've had in a while. I chronicled it on my Instagram feed at Jen Gotch. You know what it is. We're on there together all the time. 
I feel much better now. You can hear it in my voice. I'm grateful. I'm going to go eat some cheese-filled tortillas and enjoy my last day and a half here. Okay. I miss you. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. But it's there anyways. Bye.